Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Comics. I'm Taylor Trask. You'll notice with me today is not Todd A., but in fact, Mike Marlowe, who is a local Denver-based actor, comedian, frequent podcast guest on other shows, and a comics fan. Hey, Mike. Hey, happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. We're going to do a kind of a special one-shot episode of Coffee and Comics today. Um, Todd is back in San Diego, so I wanted to take the mic uh, and bring in Mike. Uh, oh, I, I see what you're doing. Uh, that's how we roll yeah, here. Yeah, I like it. We were actually, it's funny too, we've been talking about this for a little while, and then um, uh, we both saw Infinity War and we're cha- trading some some notes back and forth on Facebook, and I thought, this is a great time to bring Mr. Marlowe in. It is the comic book. I mean, what else are you talking about in comics right now in the week after Infinity War? Well, I'm still talking about Ancestor. It's a little indie title that I really like. Uh, that uh, <laughs> Actually, that is a really good title. I shouldn't joke about that in that no, way. No. You just listened to me talk about Savage Dragon before we started the podcast for a good five minutes. So. Oh, dude, I, we need to do an entire episode about Savage Dragon because yes. that's, as we mentioned, like uh, Todd and I are huge Image fans, and that is one of those titles. That's like the longest-running Image title. Mm-hmm. You know, A lot of people think, oh, Walking Dead. It's like, oh, no, no, no. ten years before Walking Dead, yeah. Savage Dragon came out. Mm-hmm. All by the same creator written drawn yeah inked and lettered really when, he, when when things were thin he was lettering the book wow i didn't know that yeah interesting mm-hmm. so give the give the folks at home a couple of your bona fides i guess like what are you how long have you been reading comics what what are your kind of your favorite uh, you know books right now um as long like i was thinking about that not too long ago and i don't think there's a time when i don't remember comics being around my parents just gave me comics all the time it was just a thing you know, even scribbling on them and ripping them up and not paying attention. But so, yeah, comics just go back for 36 years. Dang. You know, and I, yeah, in terms of really like reading it, reading it was around, you know, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. I think because one of the comics I'd somehow randomly had an old Alan Moore Swamp Thing. Oh, wow. And I loved it mainly because the, the story was beyond me at that point. But I loved the Steve Bissett art and the gross monsters and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a 10 year old, it was awesome. And uh, my mom had a grad student who came over, and they were doing some work, and he saw that issue, and we were talking, he was using the comics and whatever, and he's like, oh, wow, you read that stuff? Well, here, here's this book, Watchmen. Oh, and, man. <laughs> like, there's my 11-year-old brain is gone. Like, wow, It, it was years, but I didn't, I'm not going to claim I understood it. Yeah, yeah. But it blew my mind, the visuals, yeah. the idea, like, this was unlike anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And so from that point on, I think that was when I became just a lifelong, I'm down for this art form, whatever. It's interesting you say that because Watchmen was actually my entry point back into comics in a big bad way. And I'll say like, I, preface that by saying I was back growing up as a kid, like in the eighties, like I was a big He-Man fan and like I'd read the, read the many comics there. Mm-hmm. I would pick up the occasional Batman book once in a while and very, very mainstream stuff. Yeah. And then um, just kind of fell out of it, you know, throughout the mid to late 90s and 2000s, but then when Watchmen the movie came out, hmm. I'm going to be in the minority here, but I really, really like that movie and just the execution of it. I'm just like, well, what's the book like? Mm-hmm. Um, got the book and I was just like, oh my God, same thing. Like whatever, like 28, 27-year-old version of me was just like, this is amazing. Um, do you, you know, And yeah. I, I appreciate the book for what it is and the movie for what it is. Obviously, they're, I mean, it's very, very hard different to, things. Very different it, things. Yet being for shot for shot, word for word, very yeah. different things. And yeah. that's always what's fascinated me about the the adaptation and the ability to do that and either way there's things in that story that carry mm-hmm. over into that film that i think are just so iconic and yeah. so powerful and just yeah 
Watchmen. Yeah. That's why everyone kind of agrees on Watchmen. Yeah, and it's and it's amazing that you were the swamp thing that you were into was yeah. the Alan Moore swamp thing, which is usually heralded as like the the swamp thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that everybody points to. I might even like that now going back and reading it. That might be my favorite Alan Moore comic. Wow, the run on swamp thing. Wow. And I hold it in high regard. Like, this is a hard... This wasn't a... When I was reading, I was like, wow, I think I really love Alan Moore's Swamp Thing more mm. than that. Watchmen or V or League or I'm all. a big League League fan. is huge. Um, Book one of League especially. But yeah. He's that that um, that other one that came out, like, the third volume of just, like, it's... They go through all the different time frames, and that yeah, one was really good. Yeah. Oh, Antichrist Harry Potter. I haven't heard of this. At the end, in the last volume, no. where they fight pretty much the British literary Antichrist. Oh, yes, and yes, 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 yes. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while since I've read that particular portion. So Mike's Mike's got his his cred. He's yeah. a, he's a he knows what he's talking about. So I, or fake it very well. It, exactly. That's what mm-hmm. we do that's here sometimes too. <laughs> no, but let's uh, let's jump in because uh, I wanted to chat first about Infinity War. Todd and I did a, a review that came out earlier this week. That was kind of <laughs> rambling all over the place by me, especially because I just was. My thoughts on this movie were um, I loved a lot of it, and I was sort of meh about a lot of it. And mm-hmm. it is it is exactly the movie that they were able to make based on all the criteria they had to yeah. go off of. So it, it's really hard for me to imagine another version of this movie. But at the same time, I feel like because it was trapped by those circumstances, it. It was lesser as a result, but yeah. that's that's just me. But I guess, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the similar that they do. Are we going full spoilers? Yes, thank with? you, thank so. you, thank you. So, like, if you're listening, once again, we there's no way we can talk about this without yeah. spoiling quite a bit. So if you haven't, if you're one of those people who haven't yet seen Infinity War, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? But I understand yeah. if you've had you've had duties, you've had a job and kids and stuff. Pause this right now. Go get a babysitter. Go see the movie. Come back. Unpause it, and then mm-hmm. join in on the fun. So, so. Yeah, Spoiler we're going warning! All out on this. All out right away. First thing out of my mouth. After <laughs> Three, this point. two, one. Everybody dies. Everybody okay, dies. no half. Everybody who wasn't an OG Avenger. Yes, that was the whole. So you got to look at that's the purpose structurally of this film was to get rid of everybody who wasn't in the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. It's back down to phase one now. Yeah. So it can be it's a true. tighter. Yeah. Think about, yeah, because who's going to really, when everybody had, in the first, the early deaths, you know, Loki and Hemdall and everything happening in the beginning, you start to get that dense, oh, they're going to start killing people and changing stuff. Yeah. When the guy who was just the star of the billion dollar movie <laughs> that's still in theaters yeah. dies, yeah. you're like, yeah. no, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're not getting rid of Black Panther. <laughs> And I've heard this, oh, they're going to go to another universe and do all that. No, no they're no, not. They're no. going to, yeah, Nebula is still there, so she'll get the gauntlet just yeah. like she did, hopefully. In I'm the thinking. comic. Yeah. yeah. That would be a nice, I like that pairing, just yeah. leaving. Like that can, I, I'm down for that in the beginning of the next movie of just Tony Stark hanging out with Nebula. With Nebula. What an interesting, those are the last two people in the world I thought would have to be story-wise put together right. which is what makes it great that's yeah. the, the, not the obvious and yeah rocket's still hanging out with the avengers so yeah. that's a nice yeah so i guess um and i, I like that framing of it because like i mean it's almost like if you think about okay their their job the writer's job was to go okay you need to clear the slate with just the og avengers and you know, maybe a couple extras but that's mm-hmm. you got to get to that point so that said do you and the, my argument with todd was yeah, those deaths. I mean, it was, it was visually impressive. Again, mm-hmm. execution was impressive. Everything was great. But for me, like, if you're going to take out the people we know, there's no possible way you're going to stay dead. Yeah. 
it doesn't it doesn't I mean death then doesn't mean as much and the other side of that is you've the MacGuffin in this movie is like the greatest MacGuffin of all time yeah. it can literally rewrite and undo anything you want it to do so I felt as I was leaving the theater like yeah again yes it, it, seeing all that happen was was very interesting but it, my my mind just went okay well clearly that's all coming back like this is almost it, it's less these people died and more well this is a placeholder so we can get to the next movie mm-hmm. how do you think I guess what for you in the next month in the next one what would be the payoff that would make all of that just work really really well for you good question well, and also first, I think we should separate the fact that we're jaded movie-going comic fans, yes. and we can see this, this and true. just pay much to the fact that there's a lot of messed up, like eight to ten year olds right now. That's a good point. People who don't know this, and their parents don't know to tell them, oh, they'll all come back to life. Yeah, because yeah. they're not familiar with how this works. This is the Doctor Who problem. Like um, adults watch Doctor Who, and we expect all these meaty things, and it's like, look, there's a whole other audience over here yeah, that we got to talk about thinking too. Thinking about who are, you know, so for them, it's it's very rich. And that's kind of a great, this is, you know, going to be like a simple childhood moment of watching Spider-Man cry and turn to dust and float away. Yeah, that is a great point. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like, I wish they had hit a little bit more that after he did it, the gauntlet kind of broke. It did, but it didn't because he He, immediately used it to to teleport back to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like if they had really hit on that, like, oh, and he used it and it's busted. Yeah. So that's, how do we get back to making that work again or... But yeah, it's just going to be now, hopefully, we can get something exciting for Captain America and Black Widow to do, because yeah. they were real non-entities. They barely said anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went, it was funny, I mentioned this on the last episode too, I was sitting next to two guys, and you could kind of tell we were all a little fidgety, and I had foolishly drank too much liquids ahead mm-hmm. of the time, and I was waiting for a moment, I'm like, I gotta go pee, I, I can't hold this yeah. another hour. So we were waiting, 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 and that moment when they find Don, they all roll up uh, at Adventures headquarters, and Don Cheadle's like, hey, how you doing? All of us at the same time busted out of there. Like we're like, this is the moment. And so I missed any like that was the only moment where I think like any possible dialogue with Black Widow and Steve were. And I can't say that was a memorable. They kind of just talked to Don Cheadle for a bit, established Uh. what they're up to, and went and did more stuff. I think the movie worked the more ridiculous it got. Ah. I mean, for me, the highlight was Peter Dinklage and the forge (laughs) made out of the star. And that's when you're getting full Marvel goofy cosmic. And we're just, yeah. And it's a Hold on, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about chewing scenery, like having the most fun, Peter Dinklage, because he was the last comic movie he was in, he was so dour and serious yeah. he did a good job in uh X-Men. boulevard trash yeah um, building the sentinels uncle boulevard as yeah. i like to call him <laughs> uncle bully <laughs> i uh i liked i liked that scene though a lot because i was so i'm like everybody i think had agreed that he was going to be pip the troll yeah um in this because a pip was a character in the original infinity gauntlet mm-hmm. book and they there had been some shots of him with red hair and i was kind of like really that's mm-hmm. you're gonna make the dwarf the dwarf like yeah. that just doesn't quite work out See, and i treated myself by actually ignoring all that stuff so I had no Good that was call. a total surprise. That's was awesome. Like, oh hey, surprise Lannister. And he's So you didn't even know he was gonna be in nope. it. I had oh. no idea. I really I really backed off on this one just to kind of let it you know, when you get to that point where you can kind of figure out the entire film from who's See, in what's, and and I'll I'll make a confession. I again, this is a repeat, but I had to look at the yeah. ending oh, to yeah. see if Thanos assembled the gauntlet because my here's my 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 problem. I 
Yeah, I, I, I try to write things. You know, I'm, I'm a writer. You mm-hmm. know, quotation marks, heavy quotation marks. But when I go into a film, like it, there, usually I'm, I'm trying to like in my mind go, okay, there's this, 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 and this. Very, every so often I, I get dropped into something like Kingsman, which is just so batshit. Yeah. You're just like, wow, what? And you just kind of you're in the ride. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of it, I'm like, okay, in all these promotional you know pieces, he's just got two stones. Cleverly, they CGI'd out the other one. So all those scenes and shots where he's got just the blue and the purple one, the power and the, the space stone, he had a bunch of other ones there too. So that was kind of cool on the marketing side. But I had to know. I'm like, does he? Is, does this movie end with him just getting two stones? And then it's just like, well, I'll see you next time, Avengers. Ha <laughs> ha. So I was really, I didn't want that. I wanted yeah. it to end very much the way it ended with him winning. Like Thanos hashtag Thanos wins is sort of the the mantra. So I had to check yeah. ahead, but. Knowing that, I didn't have to sit there and like write in my head like, okay, he's got three. There's only twenty minutes. Twenty minutes left in the movie. Uh, let's see. You know, that's because then we're back in Lost territory, which mm-hmm. you know that, that's the entire last season of Lost was that. So I checked at the end, but you went in. How pure did you go in? Uh, I watched a couple trailers. Okay, so I fought, fell for. They did that nice misdirection with the Hulk. Yeah, they stuck that's him right. in Wakanda. That's um, oh my god, you're right. Yeah, they totally. I was thinking about that, and I was like, that was a great, that's <sighs> smart. They they purposely took the time to. CG a few frames of trailer, yeah, just to throw that because they know people are picking them over that fine, yeah, and speculating on everything. So even the littlest bit of misdirection, yeah, and hid an entire pretty good plot point, <laughs> yeah, of yeah, Hulk's um, ED. He's got some performance issues, yeah. Poor, poor Hulk. Yeah. So they just give him a, a suit. I just love that too. Like, yeah, hey, you're yeah. qualified to do this, I guess. Yeah, and can... he just trips and stumbles, mm-hmm. and like it's he does his thing. I guess what were on that on that same note, what was your favorite character? Uh, and it could be a character and moment, or just a either way. What was if you had to pick one, or if you wanted to cheat and do one or two? That's I mean, fine too. In theory, yeah. Um, Peter Dinklage made the joke. Doctor Strange's cape was still was the, was the best character in Doctor Strange, yeah, and still was. stood out. Um, just giving some all stars. Yeah, Peter, that was just delightful in that whole thing. Um, I gotta say, the Thanos Gamora stuff mm-hmm. was my favorite. I uh, pick, toss a coin between the two of them because that was the actual emotional brief arc mm-hmm. in the film. Did you like the way they did that Thanos was portrayed in this? Because it se- seemed a little. If you go back through the com- early comics, now the newer the newer Thanos comic is a little bit more in you know more gives yeah. him more depth. But those early ones, he's more just like <laughs> like he's just it's always like the smiling like Argh. yeah. And this is way more nuanced. Like mm-hmm. Brolin made him like a real guy. Yeah, he had it was it was tricky because I was thinking about it that this is so comic book nitpicky. Um, but in the com- he's motivated comic book Thanos is in love with death. He's yeah. got a crush on an actual death that exists. Um, so you know, killing people seems to be a good way to follow in on that goal. Yeah. So this Thanos is all about the balance and everything. And you know, all I was thinking is like, well, if you become God and you're doing it for a balance, or you're worried about resources being depleted in the universe, just make more stuff. <laughs> Just, I oh, never boom, thought about twice that. as much stuff. Um, like I said, super comic book nitpicky dumb. So I he never, really, and then with never that, my mind. he becomes. But then you can also kind of accept that he, that never occurs to him, yeah. and just what an absolutely terrifying psychopath he is. Yeah. He's reasonably he's he's rationalizing this genocidal campaign to himself. He just wants to kill a bunch of people. Yeah, this is a dude who like boxes with the Hulk for fun. You know, they. I love the. I love Thor and the Hulk get warped 
yeah. immediately, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is a big thing. That Talk about setting the stakes for your threat. Here's your two strongest guys, and they're just owned. They're done. Yeah. So now here's a Chris uh, Chris Evans, Hemsworth. Uh, trying, I'm trying to make sure I got the right Chris. So, yeah, Captain America. Just now it's, yeah, the Hulk just got his ass kicked, so now it's an unwashed hobo <laughs> who doesn't even have a shield anymore. That's true. It's our last line of defense. Yeah. Um, and oh I love that they finally they had the big army battle mm-hmm. guy thing yeah but this was the first time in a Marvel movie where it's been a bunch of people versus one large villain yeah they're usually yeah. taking out the army and I've been waiting for that when it came down to it yeah and everyone just desperately throwing themselves at them yeah one yeah. by one and you know that was just a strong I've waited for that powerful the team and it's one entity yeah an army of guys and it was everybody too like he started on Titan all those guys you know had their chance came to earth all those guys had their chance yeah. um, I mentioned this on Facebook too I and even in even with more time I'm even hardened harder on this thought mm-hmm. I really 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 wish there's a way to get more movie with ebony ma as like oh, the main he was bad guy. Great. As soon as, because he's like one of the first outside of the uh, like the distress call um, from the Asgardian ship, he's one of the first voices you hear, and it's just this like, and you see him in the trailers, you see like the the CGI, which is really good by the way for that Black mm-hmm. Order. That Black Order CGI was amazing. Everyone, but you get that, you get this like, and now you shall be part of the Thanos experience, and you're just like, what is this voice? Mm-hmm. What is this kind of creepy high pitch? possibly pedophile voice that you're here in then you see it's that it's that guy and it's just his gesticulation and just the way he carries himself and he just look he's not he's not a big brute you know and he's mm-hmm. not like you know skilled with weapon he's just kind of this like almost like this Goebbels looking guy who can do basically anything with his mind you know and it, it's just it works so well I wanted it was one of a couple mo- mo- moments in the movie where I'm like no no, no let's just make this the movie and follow this guy and just see what he's up to. Okay, um, going to the other big superhero jam-up team from the last year, the Justice League. Yeah. Which the original plan was Steppenwolf's the bad guy, mm-hmm. and then Darkseid's the next one. Yeah. It was terrible, and it might not happen. And think about how much better... Ebony Maw could have carried a movie. Yeah. And, like, the Black yeah. Order could have been that setup. You could have gotten yeah. a whole movie out of those bad yeah. guys yep. if you were to do it that way and set up. Yeah. So even Marvel in the... In five minutes, did better with a general concept. Yes, yes. DC's probably just like, God damn it, not yeah. again. Uh, why? <laughs> we can only, we got Wonder Woman right, and that was it. And we, yeah, we kind of stumble backwards into Batman being successful yeah. every once in a while. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. And then it's Steppenwolf, because who doesn't love that? And I, I mean, props to Syrian <sighs> Hines, or Kieran Hines, yeah. who's like, I mean, that dude's awesome, but it's just like, and even like, you know, he did a performance, mm-hmm. and like what they did with Josh Brolin and Thanos was like twenty times better oh, yeah. in terms of the mocap and everything. Just like they, it's like that Mar- that Marvel machine. I mean, you got like if anything, this movie was just a celebration of how perfect that machine is at this mm-hmm. point. My problem problems with the movie kind of uh, you know, result in that being a machine, yeah. but as a machine, it's. I mean, just every element is just like the seat, mm-hmm. except for that one part at the very, very end where Ruffalo's standing there in the Hulkbuster suit. And it, it looks just like he's CGI'd into that thing. He's like, hey, guys. It's just, yeah. it looks so oh, yeah. bad. It was like. Especially because it was such a heavy moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then here's this like horribly pixelated. Just, just sticking out of this big armor looking sad. Oh, it was terrible. And I'm just like, it had to be that Marvel's like, yeah, we're going to release it a week earlier. You get, Can you guys finish on time? Um, no. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Because what I think a lot of people who, who 
don't who watch movies don't realize, oftentimes the movie is still being worked on two days before it goes mm-hmm. to theaters, and they just do a fa- either a digital dis- distribution or a fast print rollout. But like there are people working like to the final minute that that thing comes out. And so that was the last thing in the last yeah. week. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. It had that week they would have gotten it too. Yeah, that's all right. It's all good. What mm-hmm. um I guess is there anything uh what. Well, uh, Anything that bothered you or was just the whole thing, just an awesome celebration of Marvel that you were hoping for? I mean, yeah, it bothered me in the sense that it wasn't a story. I mean, it was this collection of just action. See, and there were there were times when the punching got... Uh, and I like punching. I'm yeah. not here to be like, oh, those mindless smash. Then go watch a Merchant Ivory movie. Those are great, too. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. there's great dramas you can watch. But if I want to watch people in costumes punch each other, I still want to see that. But yeah. it got... Yeah. Like the Thor bit I loved because it was a big epic spectacle thing yeah. that wasn't an action scene. But yeah, at least it was yeah, a breakup yeah. of like something different. That was especially, yeah, the um, the non-entity stuff with Cap and Black Widow. Yeah. Who, you know, are focus of... Winter Soldier is great. Yeah. So, and the cat yeah. movie is like, so they can be great. Yeah. And hopefully they get their, oh, obviously they're going to get the focus yeah. next year. Yeah. But that was just their kind of non-entity status was the only thing that, and yeah, their sacrifices. Because I thought about how much I, now Thor went from kind of my least favorite for the first couple movies. And he was okay and quippy in the Joss Whedon ones. Mm-hmm. But through Ragnarok and this, Thor is like my favorite <laughs> Of the cinematic Avengers now. Isn't that amazing? That's shocking how in two films. Yeah. Poor, poor Hemsworth's just like, yeah, I told you guys if I could just be funny. You yeah. Know, let me, and let he me. had the best, I think, outside of the Gamora stuff of the main characters, kind of dramatic that, that weary, I'm 1,500 years yeah. old. Yeah. And, uh, but I kick ass and that's what I do. So uh, time to go do it some more. And he had the in the stuff with Rocket was really nice. Yeah. Actually, surprisingly enjoyable. Worked really well. Um, it was a good pairing. But going into Ragnarok too, thing bugging the hell out of me. Where's Korg? Where's Korg and where is Valkyrie? Uh, where's Te- yeah Tessa Thompson? So um, so well, I she's that. doing Janelle Monae videos and fantastic, <laughs> and they're awesome. Um, good for them. Watch if you haven't been like keeping up with the Janelle Monae videos, you should all be doing that because she's just on point right now. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard and good they things. have Tessa Thompson in them. That's what she's doing. Wow, not making Infinity War, hanging out with Janelle Monae and cool music videos. I've asked this a few times. The the only explanation I can get is that there's a throwaway line where Thor's like, "Half my people escaped." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, but." Yeah, That's when, how and when and under what circumstances and lamp, you know. lampshade, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. wave, exactly. Do you think uh, do you think Loki's dead for good? It depends on contract negotiations. <laughs> Let's be really honest about that. Hiddleston's like, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll if he see. wants to keep doing it or not, that's the that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Because yeah, no one's anyone can come back at this point. Yeah, you know, I'd imagine Gamora would have to come back, especially. Oh, Maybe yeah. not the early deaths, but definitely her. And I mean, Heimdall's gone. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think uh, I made Spider-Man this... 2 comes out a month after the next <laughs> Avengers, by the way. <laughs> That's spoiler. Yeah, yeah. He'll Are they going to show trailers? Is it just like the trailers? Are they just going to be people <laughs> being really sad? I was also wondering, too, next month, Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah. better take place before this, or it's going to yeah. be two hours of them just sobbing. Yeah. Control. yeah. Every, half the world died, yeah. and we're, yeah. we've got feelings about this. But onwards and upwards, we've got to steal some stuff. Yeah. All no, the trailers are misleading. It's this really sober drama as yeah. they confront... 
Well, mass. <laughs> one of the things, and this is this is like that terrible thing you shouldn't do, which is write your own version of the movie. But like mm-hmm. one of the things I was thinking, because I that was my question too. I'm like, okay, how does Ant Man and the Wasp factor into this? Mm-hmm. And my thought was, well, maybe in Infinity War, Thanos does this. You know, he snaps his fingers, but every it, he basically creates another reality where nobody realizes that half the universe is missing, mm-hmm. and Ant Man and the Wasp just exists like they are. Like, hey, we're two of five heroes left like they just yeah. don't realize that the universe could be bigger and better and everybody's got kind of this like temporary amnesia mm-hmm. about what could have been except for like you know doctors assuming that dr strange or somebody would have lived who would have you know maybe had some tangential connection to yeah. the the old universe clearly that didn't happen so it's mm-hmm. probably it's got to be a, a especially yeah, and the post-credit scene really drives that home yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, um let's call brie larson Okay, see, my only problem with that, though, is that where was she... I hope that her movie gives a good, solid explanation about why she couldn't just have shown up, you know, at the first battle for New York, Mm -hmm. you know, or any time something bigger than, you know... Tony Stark can handle has happened. Like, where where was she this whole time? Why only now can you use this old school pager? have to have to answer that one. Yeah. In some way. All the machine, like you said, I'm sure they've thought this out. Yeah. In many, many meetings. Yeah. Kevin Feige's like, no, there's a plan. Kevin Feige at this point is like a showrunner. I mean, I keep kind of comparing, in my world, these aren't movies so much as like really freaking badass episodes of a, a really like a 10 year long TV a good show. Way to look at it. And Kevin Feige's the showrunner. You know, mm-hmm. like he may not write everything, but he, he's got, you know, the board with all the, the cards and they're like, okay, this character's got to be here and then here. So just like when you kind of think about it, and if, if you've ever done those, you know, those like, um, they did, you know, this time, I think they did every single Marvel movie, but if you do those marathons, it just, they do kind of line up in a nice little, nice little way. Mm-hmm. And I love that they're seeing the returns for betting on the right creators. Yeah. Like I'm sad the Edgar Wright thing didn't work I out, know. but that's it. But still, James Gunn, now they're going to be like, here, here's a bunch of money. Yeah. Write your script, do your thing. We trust you. The Russo brothers, you guys got, you, you got this. So yeah. here's your money, do your thing. Um, Joss Whedon, come me a culpa, come on back. <laughs> come on back, man. Things didn't work out, but I guess you're back now. We don't want you at DC. Yeah. Possibly writing that ship. Although I don't know if anything can. No. Um, who else? And then, um, oh, Taiti Watiki. Uh, Taita Watiki. 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 <laughs> yeah, here we I go. Oh, that's it. so bad. And he's so funny and so gifted. And I'm a white guy who can't say his name. I want, uh, I would love, I mean, I love what he did with Ragnarok, but honestly, mm-hmm. I want them. And, and it's funny because Ryan Reynolds just today said um, if they do a Deadpool 3, he wants like no budget. He wants it to be yeah. like the most just challenging like this is something you'll see at like an indie festival yeah. in your hometown he wants Deadpool, it he follows the dog me 95 yes oh my god let's do it but i say i bring that up because like i would love taika watiti to have something to do in the marvel mm-hmm. universe or maybe the next thor movie is like as low budget as what we do in the shadows yeah because that movie to me is like i mean you take all the flight of the concord stuff and it just kind of rolls right into that and i haven't sadly i haven't seen the wilder people movie that he did oh, it's, with Sam Neill. It's delightful. Is it? It's one that I, anytime, that's a, like, oh, watch it. It's great. It's why I was more excited for Thor. Wow. Than even the trailers, because that film is just, it's just a winner. Excellent. It's, that was the one where, what we do in the shadow shows, he can make a good comedy. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People is, this guy is a talented dude who can make a delightful movie. Wow. So everyone listening, if you haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, Wilder People, Eh. Go find it. Yes. Is it fun? Is it funny? Is it a comedy or is it a drama? Mostly. Is okay. But the dramatic beats hit very, very well. Nice. Um, yeah, and it's mostly just a buddy weird, you know, odd mismatch characters in an unusual situation. 
pretty straightforward stuff, but just told in the best way possible. Docu style? No, just regular, yep, straightforward. Nice, mm-hmm. good. I, I like that because I as I, I get why people do the docu style. Like obviously Christopher Guest has had a good run of it, yeah. um, and it's an easier format to to because you let the editing drive the comedy, and that's you know in that docu mm-hmm. style you can like you can control the beats. But with a you know a drama, it's a little you got or dramatic more of a dramatic. Uh, regular flow movie you gotta like you know the script has gotta be solid you can't Mm -hmm. rely so much on the improv of the actors and all that good stuff so to tie back to Infinity War yes (laughs) which structurally is a giant climax yeah it's a series of climax that's the thing it doesn't follow this real traditional three act structure yeah it's a series of it the, actually, the comic I kept thinking of the most when I was reading or watching it was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh. This is the first ooh. time we've seen that on screen. Just yeah. like Crisis was the first time that really happened in a comic mm-hmm. of this massive universe-altering event. And so much is happening, and it's so big and so epic. And it's just topping itself constantly. Yeah. Um, you read the original Crisis recently? Not for a while. Which it's is the most like overblown. Years. And I love it. It's so melodramatic and everything. Is just the stakes are nonstop high, you know, we're going to 11 every single time and everything's epic and everything's overblown. And I'll oh, read Crisis, people. It's it's a beautiful thing. That's a good I comparison s- point, I still though. think modern crossovers could learn something from that. If you're going to do it, make it huge. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think, just to get off the beaten path just for a moment, why do you think the DC TV universe seems to get all this, but the movie universe does not? Fun. <laughs> That's it's fun. Yeah. These are people in costumes fighting crime, and the the TV shows have a sense of fun. Yeah, when they're when they hit and they're dramatic and they're good, they can still elicit emotion and tell a compelling story. But they understand that inherently, especially DC, has this charming goofiness mm-hmm. underneath it all that I think it's lost so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always my yeah, I want a goofy DC comic. Um, why I'm worried now, segueing away to uh, Bendis, mm-hmm. Superman. Mm-hmm. <sighs> For those who don't know, give a quick update about this. Um, yeah, Brian Michael Bendis, who was a long-term uh, Marvel in-house guy. Um, pretty much, I mean, really an architect, one of the major architects of the last... 15 years of the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. as a whole. He wrote all the major House of M through Siege, mm-hmm. all those crossovers. He was the architect. So he got the No More Mutants. Um, he was the one that put Norman Osborn in charge. Oh, wow. While. Like these were all his storytelling. The Avenger, he wrote the Avengers and the X Men, um, turned Cyclops into the Magneto, um, mm. quasi villain, and wrote Ultimate Spider Man the entire run. Was another Bendis. Um, created Jessica Jones for you Marvel Wait, fans. really? Wrote Alias. I still think that's his best Marvel Wow. Work. I didn't realize he created that character. Yeah, Jessica Jones is a, a Bendis creation, and I think still. So I have mixed feelings, because when I like Bendis comics, I really like Bendis comics. That's a few Bendis comics. <laughs> right now, uh, Taylor's scrolling through the list of Wikipedia, and we're looking at this massive output of work, and... Oh, not it's like much every of it's good. title every for you, title. Agents of Shields fans. He uh, he created Quake. Oh, geez. Who was his pet? Um, Bendis has this real issue where really compelling concepts and beginnings to the story, real muddy middles, 
and then it falls flat at the end. Okay. He's a great starter. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Secret Invasion, which was, oh, people are secretly scrolls, and who's a scroll and who's not and everything. And then they fight the scrolls, and then Thor literally shows up and, like, swings his hammer around, and they win. <laughs> but not really, because the wasp kind of dies, so it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of superheroes sitting around talking about what a bummer it is to be a superhero Hmm. is a theme he seems to repeatedly hit that drives me up the wall Hmm. but then again he has uh his powers when he's in his own universe Mm -hmm. the further away he gets from established stuff because he also doesn't tend to respect other writers stuff Mm -hmm. um he took over guardians of the galaxy and literally in his first issue like it was the movie guardians which, if you've been reading the book, like, Drax was dead, all this stuff. He's back. Everything just happened. Mm-hmm. And they never... Someone else will figure that out if they want to. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I have very mixed feelings because he's since left Marvel and has taken an exclusive contract with DC. Mm-hmm. And they're starting him off as Superman. Mm. And, <laughs> um, Action Comics 1000. That came out. That was his first in the... Uh, did you read that? Not yet. So the last story, it's... Yeah, mostly short stories in a thousand by various creators. Um, Kurt Swan, Dan Jurgens are the only two. Louis Simonson, some of the notable Superman creators. And then it ends with the first Bendis story, which is uh, kind of a generic, ugly-looking alien bad guy comes and punches Superman. He's like, I blew up Krypton. Dun-dun-dun. Oh, wow. And that's so, supposed to be like the first be- first story of the new continuity yeah, that he's Yeah, or writing? that he's taking over okay. for this. Um they brought Superman's red underwear back. He hasn't had that in a while. Oh, yeah. And typical to a Bendis book, to, like, a whole page is dedicated to two side characters, like, civilians on the street watching this fight who are like, I'm glad he's got the underwear. No, I think it looks dumb. No, <laughs> oh, I think it looks, he doesn't look right without the red underwear. Well, I don't know. And it's just that, oh, Bendis. <laughs> like, the dialogue's good. The delivery of the concept's good. But it's like, I yeah. get what you're doing, but, like. You turn two panels, and he's he's very decompressed. Oh, okay. In the mid-2000s, when comics really embraced decompressed storytelling, mm-hmm. and it would take six issues for one thing to happen. That's like Dragon Ball Z. He was, yeah, manga. <laughs> they stole from manga. We're just, we're dragging this out. He was, he was a particularly bad about that. So you're not as excited about him having his hands on uh, Superman? No, because I really love Superman. So, okay, that on that note... I am a. I, I make no qualms about loving, loving Superman American Alien. That mm-hmm. um, short run that they did a couple, you know, I think two years ago, a year ago. Yeah. Um, did you sample that at all? I did. It wasn't. I mean, I hold All Star Superman That's as kind of the your, pinnacle. Okay. That to me is kind of at least what Superman's about to me mm-hmm. is in that book. But American Alien still had some interesting stuff to it. I gotta. I would have to go back and give it a reread. I can say, I guess the biggest thing about it is it didn't like super stand out, mm. but it wasn't, I've read some bad Superman stories and it was definitely, I would say, upper middle of the pack. I liked I mean, it. The reason I loved it so much is because for the, the longest time I could, I as just a regular reader and fan could never truly just get into Superman. I understand why he's important. Mm-hmm. I understand, you know, it, it is, he is the prototype for so much that has come since then. Mm-hmm. Um but I just could never, uh, just it never worked for me for some reason, until American Alien because it's like that was the first time that it's like oh this is, these are all the beats in his life and and for those of you who don't know the the story, 
It's now collected in an amazing graphic novel, but came out in separate issues. Each issue has a completely different artist. Nick Dragota does the first one when he's a young boy, and it goes up. I think there's like four or five issues, but each one focuses on a different chapter of his life. You know, he's a young boy, he's a you know early teenager, teenager, college kid, young adult, and it ends with him in the final Superman costume. But along the way, you get to see all his doubt and like how he kind of pieces it together. He puts his, you know, kind of the first, you know, the, the, the beta or the alpha even version of the Superman costume or persona. And you get to see along the way, like he's just this imperfect guy trying to figure out his place in the world as an orphan, as an alien, you know, um, and, and all that stuff. And I just, I really, it was the first time that it made me go, oh, this is the guy. So yeah. then now I can go back and reread all, you know, like All-Star and all these other books and go, this is how he, you know, this is him getting up to that point. This is the character. This is how he became that character. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love that. Yeah, to me, the best Superman stories, the ones I love the most, and I just don't think it's a Bendis thing to tell this, and not a lot of people do. But yeah, the idea of like a god who wants to be a guy. Mm. Like Clark Kent's who he is. If mm. he had his way, he'd just be hanging out. He'd write for the newspaper, do whatever. Mm. He can do whatever he wants, but he has a job. He goes and pays his rent legitimately. <laughs> You know, that's always fascinating. I love that when it hits on. It's just a good, simple morality story mm-hmm. of the responsibility of power, um, something great power, great responsibility. I don't know. That, yeah. That yeah, ring yeah, a bell. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, this idea of he just would rather, but he's got to because he's Superman. So he's got to go help people out and try to do the best he can. Mm-hmm. And that idea, that juxtaposition of god just wanting to hang out and be chill and yeah. not taking any kind of sadistic pleasure with his power you know there's always I, i'm so over the what if superman was bad <laughs> well what if someone told a different story man like so you're we, not an we, in, you're not an injustice fan i take it uh, no i mean it's not a bad idea it's yeah. just like it's been done yeah bro we, we we got it there's like everyone's had their superman goes bad story yeah. and even Bendis wrote one in Powers. That was. Yeah. Have they ever done a Wonder Woman goes bad story? That's not an alternate timeline. You know, like you know, if she no. she never left it, uh, never left the mascara. This is what because I've seen that a few times. But like just I guess just like Flashpoint would be the closest. Mm-hmm. Kind of, last I remember for an evil Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. where they've got um, Superwoman in the crime syndicate. Oh. They're, evil, they're evil. Yeah, they've got a super evil wonder woman and the only i mean the other time i've seen is uh in multiversity it wasn't diana it was another woman from themiscara she's part of the nazi justice Mm -hmm. league i forget what they call it Uh, she's like broom hilda or something like that (laughs) she's got like the you know so it fit but it was like some other someone someone else from themiscara marvel's valkyrie yeah yeah yeah. um i I definitely want to talk to you though about um you know this is coffee and comics too so i want to talk about what books you're reading and specifically um you are a big fan of Saga. I am a huge Saga. Is probably that's that's what I call my top of the stack book. Got it. No matter when I get my books, that's Saga's top of the stack. That's when your Saga East of comes West. out. Yeah, yeah. East to West. Since they come out in separate weeks, usually East to West is a top of the stack. Excellent. But if they came in the same week, Saga would have to go go first. Yep. So um, I, so pitch it because I I have always kept my eye on it. I know Todd is a big fan of it. We've chatted about it on a couple episodes in the past here and there. But I guess for those for me and for those listening, give me your like pretend you're like you're working at a store at a comic shop. What would be your pitch to get me into this book? Um, so really fantastical sci-fi that you've never seen before, and mm-hmm. really taking a very familiar concept, but then creating a world of just outlandish and outrageous and amazing things, mm-hmm. but then with really grounded, human, relatable characters. Got it. Um, very, very simple. It's it's Starcross lovers 
There's a uh, intergalactic a war between a planet and its own moon. Okay. And on the planet, there's uh, people with wings who use technology. And on the moon, there's uh, people with horns who use magic. And their conflict has gotten so big that the entire galaxy is a proxy war. Wow. Everyone's got a side. This is the defining thing for everybody. Trillions and trillions of life forms. And this is, it's gone on so long, they don't even know what it's about anymore. Wow. It's just become this thing. This conflict will never end. These sides hate each other forever. Um, lady with wings from the planet falls in love with dude with the horns, and they make a baby. Okay. And they're on the run with their baby that could change everything. Got it. Who narrates the story. Oh, from like, like, this one, is like Wonder Years style? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, and then they meet any number of fantastic characters. Prince Robot right there, the robot people with kind of retro TV monitors. Oh, so that's a real character. Yeah, I don't know if some of these are just like concept covers just for the fun of it or if they're actually real things. For your Dragon Ball Z fans, that's the Vegeta of this oh, particular narrative. Interesting. He's the, he's the very – Prince Robot the Fourth. That's his actual that's name? That's his actual name wow. of the Robot Planet Dynasty. Who's, who's this? We're looking at the covers on imagecomics.com. This is number 47. Prince Robot, I can say, because he's kind of a major. That's that's a spoiler character. That's a spoiler. Okay. That's, okay. Uh, we don't want to get in because, yeah, things have been going. They've done some pretty significant time jumps. As you look at these covers, you can see the amazing Fiona Staples art. Oh, yeah. The I, art. Um, I've been struck by that since the moment I first saw a cover. I'm like, if, if, any, if I ever get into this, I'll, I'll never be able to complain about the art because it's exactly my cup of tea. It really, yeah, it's, it's Brian K. Vaughn writing at the heart of, at just the height of his powers, heart of his powers. I don't know why I would go that way. Wow. I'm just transfixed. Whereas we're scrolling through images of all the saga covers. <laughs> and, oh, and I remember, oh, that issue, that's great. Lying cat, a cat that can just tell if you're lying. It can say the word lying. So if you're lying, it will just say you're lying. Oh, wow. That's it. That's sometimes cool. for good, sometimes for ill. Is this now, is this as far as a story arc, is this just ongoing or do, mm-hmm. you, do you get a sense that there's an end game or an end, end point in sight that they're heading towards? I do, just from the narration, from the setup of the narration and the style and the presentation. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely, something happens. You yeah. Know, and this will, and there's been foreshadowing and, you know, she'll narrate something, but we didn't know what this really meant till later. Uh, and then like a year later that pays off. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I think he's got that. Because Vaughn's done enough self-contained stories. I don't know if I've read enough. Somewhere in an interview he's probably said, oh, I want to do 100 issues or I want to do... Um, it doesn't feel like it's halfway through a story, the story at 50 issues, but maybe that's just because I want it to kind of go on forever. I'm struck by how much Brian K. Brian K. Vaughn looks like Grant Morrison. He really does. Look at that. Gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, when something Todd asked me to ask you, because I, you know, I know he was into the series, mm-hmm. he mentioned that some of the later, tra- newer trade paperbacks are more self-contained and not necessarily, you know, part one, two, and three of a of a bigger arc. Do you notice that? Yes. Is that something you are um, a fan of, or uh, does it work? I guess for where it is in the story right now, I think it works great. Mm-hmm. Um, without getting too many spoilers, but they're. Sort of on the run at this point, and then meeting these as they're going from planet to planet, spending a little bit more time. Okay. Um, but it's always been broken up fairly well. Like, he's always seemed to have it plotted out in the arcs, but I definitely get what he's noticing and it being more contained as they go from place to place. And that seems to be breaking up a little bit after issue 50. Mm. Uh, we'll see. We'll, mm-hmm. You know, and that's a great thing. It also has, ah, uh, it can be mean sometimes. It's mm-hmm. one of those books that it can be 
really mean. Wow. They'll, it'll break your heart from time to time. Characters you like um, are never, yeah, never char- safe. Characters you like, it definitely takes that Walking Dead page. Of uh. Lots of things happen, and the stakes are always high. Emotionally, he can... And the art really is. It has this wonderful... Uh, quote a co-worker of mine it's up john who's a comic fan and i told him to listen to this uh so it has a dreamy quality ah. which is very true yeah um and it's a combination of uh hand-drawn and digital i do believe that she works her backgrounds digitally but draws all the main figures by and her. she's been the artist the entire time yes right? they there switched. couldn't be another okay like the world everything they take long breaks yeah. so she can do other things or catch up um, so you'll go, you know, you'll have that four, four months here or there without some issues oh, okay. to kind of start a new arc up. Cause yeah, there couldn't be this, it's a team. It really is a 50, 50 thing yeah. that makes this magical. It's really jarring too. When you have those setups, like I, I'll, I'll call, I'll call out specifically the wicked and the divine, which, yeah. um, was, I really got into and then in around uh, volume three, they did this experiment where they let a different artist do all the different issues, and it just didn't work at all mm-hmm. for my taste. And it really took me out of it, and I actually had to claw my way back into it again. Um, so I'm glad they do that. For those of you listening, if you don't know Brian K. Vaughn, the other big heavy hitter title on Image right now that he, he's writer of Paper Girls. Yeah. Check that out. Are you a Paper Girl fan? Um, I'm not. I keep seeing oh it's one of those where i pick up and i flip through issues because mm-hmm. everyone tells me how amazing it is and it looks amazing and one day i'll have to get to it but yeah i i'm behind my my other big image book is sex criminals oh Read sex criminals let's talk about that because that's yeah. another one of those there are a couple titles every time i walk into the shop i see the cover or i see the latest thing i'm like oh man one of these days dot 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 mm-hmm. and sex criminals is on that list too I know the general plot, but I guess, again, for the listeners, give me a quick little down and dirty. So sex criminals is uh, people that have various unique powers related to their sexual hang-ups and that specifically trigger when they orgasm. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's it definitely it starts with, from the point of view of a very normal, straightforward couple who discover they both have these unique powers at a very interesting time. And it kind of changes the dynamic, and then it goes out, and it really is, it combines really, really fun, dirty jokes mm. with genuine takes and explorations on nonconformative sexuality. Oh, okay. And Interesting. who we are, our relationship stuff, sexual issues, really, it, it has this wonderfully light touch um, that I think Matt Fraction might be the only guy who could pull that off. Mm. And with uh, Chip Zdarsky, who's writing Spider-Man, or one of the Spider-Man books right now, mm-hmm. um, but also draws uh, draws his book, and they just have that again. It's another 50-50. Um, God, one of my favorite things, and they've never brought it up, but they have this running background joke where the in-universe musical that's very popular is called Taft. Okay. And it's the Hamilton musical logo, <laughs> but with just a fat guy in the silhouette. Um, everyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, look up the Hamilton music logo and then picture heavy uh, Taft just triumphantly raising his fist into, oh, the, into yeah, the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I probably won't be able to find it it's here. Just, yeah, I don't think they have it out because it's just like a little background thing. <laughs> I know exactly what Except you're Except for a one-page joke where they had to combine it with the economically failing Incredible Hulk musical. <laughs> <laughs> that's their That's Spider-Man the turn of humor, off the dark. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it really has a funny um, and it, a lot of great fourth wall breaking. Where at one point a character's supposed to jump up on a table and sing the entirety of Fat Bottom Girls, uh-huh. 
and instead it's replaced with Matt Fraction telling the story of how they wrote a letter to Queen's reps to get the permission <laughs> to get the lyrics, and they never heard back, and they, like, all this stuff happened, and they thought, they, and then they ended up not getting it, so they went to print and did it, and then the last minute they're sticking this in, because he did get a letter from Brian May. Oh, wow. And, like, had this thing and talks about how cool it is, but that's in it, or... When there's a certain scene that comes to two female characters about to have their nat- the dramatic blow up in the arc, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it stops, and it's Matt Fraction calling Chip the artist and saying, "I don't want to write this. I don't mm-hmm. want them saying these mean things to each." And it's so reductive and weird. As Chip, who's listening on the phone, like draws himself all suave, smoking a pipe, you know, or yeah, whatever he's <laughs> and just looking cool. Fraction's yeah. flipping out about it's dramatic, but I don't want to do it because it's reinforced i just realized i got to this point that's reinforcing things i don't like so we're not going to show this scene but just pretend it happened Mm. and you know what happened and they don't they're mad at each other right now you got that (laughs) because matt fraction writes the best i saw him quoted once that he writes hangout stories okay of just characters you want to hang out with Mm. and that's kind of i you know and i think sex criminals is the top of that of you just like spending time with these people and you actually do care about their weird little issues nice and the weird sexual based superpowers are just kind of icing on the cake to make it weird and funny is it a spoiler to say that either early on or at some point one of the powers is they can stop time when um, they are... not really no that's really laid out in the first issue it's okay. kind of the first power you come across but it's not just that there's other powers yes, that manifest exactly. okay okay um, so yeah, we'll leave that cause there's some really, really funny ones, especially a minor spoiler hentai, the guy who's really in hentai has a unique manifestation. Let's put it that way. Oh jeez. Yeah. Oh, He's a really Jesus. nice guy. He just, you know, happens to have this thing when he goes home. Uh, there's another book that Matt Fraction's involved with that we'll probably review soon. And it's this cool thing he did with Jonathan Colton that actually you can, you can read with a soundtrack. Uh, it's called oh, Solid God. State. Um, go check that out. If you're listening, uh, I will probably review that in an upcoming episode. It's, it's pretty fantastic. It's just one of those like really cool multimedia things. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize Matt Fraction was involved with sex criminals. Oh, so yeah. it's a great, um, mine for him at Casanova. Did you read Casanova? Uh, I have not. Ooh, Cas- uh, Casanova will peel your, peel your lid, man. It's a, uh. Yeah, read everyone else. Read Casanova too. When, Excellent. Uh, oh my God. You want something? I can't even really describe Casanova. Casanova's just its own thing, man. Who puts that out? Is that That's another... another image? Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh my God! It's one. Of... Yeah, I've remember seeing. It's this. sporadic. It's something that they kind of get to every once in a while. I so you need to catch titles. up because you can forget because it's really complex there's we're talking multiple 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 universes and realities and timelines oh, and geez. body switching and oh but it's delightful oh they're on uh yeah they yeah this it is one of those it's like one of those hickman titles it's like oh, i'll get back to this yeah. at some point i think a it year has to later. do with because he's got two different um one of the bob brothers mm-hmm. or fabio moon yeah Mm-hmm. Fabio Moon and Gan Ba and his other brother. Gabriel or Gabriel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Ba. Yep, the brothers. That's awesome. Who take turns drawing back and forth. But Heck it's yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those two with the art needs it's a team kind of thing. He doesn't just pull it. I think they all own it together somehow. 
Wow. Well, I was going to ask. I just read the books. I don't know any of the backstory <laughs> on legal rights. Well, it's funny too. Todd and I mentioned this in a previous episode. I've noticed more and more now as books come out, they're doing a lot more to like the vision graphic novel director's oh. cut has like half of it. I, I, I actually, I got it digitally, but I got picked it up physically and half of it's the story, but the other half, like 200 pages of just context and interviews and mm-hmm. like all this stuff. And I feel like that's, not just for bigger, you know, Marvel or big two titles, but even on some of the image stuff, like I Hate Fairyland, Scott McCloud's got, or not Scott McCloud, is that right, Scott McCloud? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Hate Fairyland's uh, got like a bunch of like context and stuff too. And it really just, for me, gives me just so much more appreciation for like, this is why this is the f- form and shape it is. Mm-hmm. And this is why I enjoy drawing or writing this and just I all that stuff. I need to be stuff. better about reading that kind of stuff. I know, I... Well, when you first get into a story, it's like you don't want to distract yourself. You yeah. want to get into the story. But like as you kind of get on a run, it's like, okay, well, give me like let me re-see this through a new lens or through a new, you know, through a new gear. And it just it helps so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with image, like we, we geeked out on image before we started recording, but like there are so many amazing artists and so many amazing writers in just the image space right now that's just like knowing who they are. I mean, freaking A, Landon Foss lives in Colorado Springs and he's an occasional mm-hmm. image uh big two. Uh, artist as well, but uh, image image artist too. He's worked with Ailish. Uh, can never say his name. Ailish yeah. Coat um, mm-hmm. on a lot of his stuff too. So there's there's just so much good around. stuff. I think J. Scott Campbell still lives here. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. There's a Colorado comic scene that's mm-hmm. a little under the. It's not quite as as uh, visible hey, as Portland's. Hey, we're is. the home of Mile High Comics, America's largest well, comic. Shout out. What's up, Dave? Mile High Comics, Mile High Comics awesome. Lakewood, the manager Dave, been selling me my books since I moved to Colorado in really? 1994. That Lakewood store is a pretty good store. That he's, was one of the he, first stores I went mm-hmm. to, too. He kept it he, when the boom and crash, and they kept that, and that's mainly him there, because it's, uh, what's up, buddy? Give him a shout-out if he listens to it. Heck, yeah. Yeah, because it's tough to find a good comic store manager. Yeah, yeah. And Colorado's got a couple of good ones. I mean, mm-hmm. Boulder, Colorado, Boulder to Colorado Springs, check out. I mean, there's we're sort of blessed. I mean, there's other cities that do not have the sort of abundance of riches mm-hmm. that we do. We're not Portland, but we're, you know, we're yeah. that next tier down, which is great. Yeah. I would, I, there's so many more books and things I want to ask you about, but I want to save it for another, another time. Yeah. Um, another episode. I think we'll have you back on for sure to talk more about oh, this stuff. Um, so many good things. I was going to ask you like what your pull list is, but I think we just covered a good chunk of it. So I'll also throw out shout outs, uh, killer be killed. Oh, I've wow. Enjoying Ed Brubaker. Um, their stuff, that team is always enjoyable. Um, they have a long running. They're more of a creative team that just jumps, uh, Brubaker and Phillips, Sean Phillips, the artist. Oh, uh, this book. Criminal, um, fit, uh, Fatale was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of good stuff, and they just move, and they kind of run their series for a while, tell their story, and move to something else. That's cool. But I that, like limited uh, series once in a while. It's a good thing. They're, they're long. They're like they'll do like a two year run. Like it'll be 20, 30 issues or something. It's a good two year um, run. Yeah, killers. Jesus. Killers. What they do in miniseries or criminal? Criminal. Oh, okay. Criminal comes in in shorter one shots here and there, and then they'll do something long and. They always seem to want to go back to their noir stuff, but great, great match of artist and writer sensibilities. If you like very noir, gritty crime comics that you know may or may not have demons from hell. <laughs> That's oh cool. We're looking at the or I'm, I'm pull it up right now on uh, ImageComics.com. Yeah, it looks great. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. 
Awesome. Well, uh, that we'll call it. I guess we'll yeah. call it a, an episode this one again. This is a one shot, but we'll probably do more. Man, thank you so much for coming by. My distinct pleasure. Um, this was wonderful. We will do it again very, very soon. As always, you can find Coffee and Comics on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Coffee and Comics. We're the one with the orange uh, album art. There is another Coffee and Comics out there that's sort of sporadic and not quite the same thing but look for us it's todd and taylor uh you can find me online i'm by taylor trask on twitter and instagram and where can where can folks find you mike um basically mark who's my um facebook profiler he's in charge of like finding all my info he's kind of the only guy that really knows how to get me online trying to decrease that online presence fair enough yeah mark zuckerberg already has seen way too much (laughs) if you see mike on the street just just give a wave and a high yeah what's up I'm, i'm the tall guy that's right well thanks for listening everybody we'll catch you next time on another episode of coffee and comics have a good one